Hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. My name is Tim Hardison. This is episode number 41. If you missed any of the past episodes, go back, listen, get caught up with us. Uh, website www.faithlife365.org. Uh, you can uh, watch the videos from there. You can listen to the podcast or you can read from the blog. Uh, go over and take a look at that if you haven't had a chance. Now, in this episode, uh, we're going to continue to talk about the topic of religion or Word of God. And uh, let's say a quick prayer. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Father, for your many blessings that you bestowed upon us throughout the days, Lord. Father, we pray that as we come to study and read and listen and hear your Word, that you would open our minds, that we may we may receive your word, Father. We pray that you would open our eyes, that we may see your ears, that we may hear. Lord, give us the understanding that you would have us to have of your word. And this is topics, Father, that many have seen it in different ways. And we just ask that you would give us unity, that, Lord, your spirit would speak, that the Holy Spirit would speak into our hearts as we hear, and that the truth of your word comes through. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. Now, let's continue this discussion on uh, religion or word of God. Now, in episode 40, we left off and we were talking about our reborn spirit and, and how it's sealed by God as a guarantee. We've been given the Holy Spirit as our guarantee of our eternal salvation. And this is exciting. Uh, this is exciting stuff. And so um, if we look at religion offers many different theologies uh, on our reborn spirit uh, and our salvation. And as I, I brought up in, in an earlier episode, you know, some say, well, if we sin, we lose our salvation. That's it. Going to hell. Others say uh, we can't lose our salvation. Uh, we have eternal security. It doesn't really matter. Once, once you've accepted Christ, you can't, you can't lose it. So let's look at this a little closer. Um, if we lose our salvation because of sin, then our spirit would no longer be reborn and would revert to a sinful nature. Um, if we repent and confess our sin, then we get our salvation back and our un reborn spirit then becomes reborn again now is this what the word of god says happens but on the other hand uh we have theologies that say no matter what we do we can never lose our salvation well what about this does does this uh agree with the word of god does does the word of god agree with either of these theologies how does this fit well Let's start out with John chapter 3, verses 3 through 8 of the King James Version. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born in the spirit. Ephesians 4 
verse 24 of the King James Version says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, our reborn spirit is not of our flesh. Our reborn spirit is of the spirit of God. It's recreated in Christ Jesus. It's, it's created from the seed of God. Uh, it's created after God in righteousness and true holiness. It's, it's no longer of our flesh or of a sin nature. Now, I understand that maybe trying to wrap our carnal mind around this statement uh, can make the brain hurt a little bit. Yet, this is what the Word of God says about our reborn spirit. Jesus said that except a man be born of water, meaning uh, the womb of a woman, and of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, some theologies believe that water in this verse represents a water baptism, and others uh, believe that the water represents the Word of God. Now, the Scriptures really do not support the water baptism theology as people were clearly born again before they were baptized in water. Now, these verses I'm going to give you, and you can go back and read them. I'm not going to read them here, but uh, John chapter 10 and verse 28, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, and Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48 uh, will speak on this. However, uh, John chapter 15, verse 3, Ephesians 5, verse 26, and James 1, verse 18, and 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 23, uh, could support the theology of the water in this verse representing the Word of God as opposed to uh, a woman or being born of the womb of a woman. Uh, but I, I'm not going to read these scriptures uh, or get deep into this topic now. Because, uh, but this is something that you can go read those scriptures uh, later if you wish and study it more. Uh, personally, I believe it's referring to being born of a woman. Uh, God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. See, the Word says that the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. And I'm not referring to the physical organ, the blood pump. Uh, our heart uh, in scriptures here represents our inner being, our inner core, where the Holy Spirit and our spirit and our soul reside. It's in our, our inner core body, uh, in our, 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 our chest areas, this whole, the whole area in here referring to us. Second um, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 of the King James Version, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 of the King James Version. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 to King James, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So, though our spirit and soul can seem almost indistinguishable, they are separate. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 to King James Version and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So now, think of our soul uh, as the link that joins our spirit and our body. As Christians, our spirit has been recreated. It's, it's perfect. It's sealed by God, by the Holy Spirit. Now, our reborn spirit has been given all knowledge, wisdom, blessing, understanding, power, and authority. Our reborn spirit is as perfect as Jesus is. It's brand new. It's recreated, just as Jesus is recreated. Now, in past episodes, we talked about how our soul is composed of our mind, uh, emotions, and our conscious, uh, and other things. But now, our soul and mind process the information that's received from our five senses. And our, our soul creates our feelings, our emotions, our memories, and forms our personality. It forms who we are. In its original state, Adam's spirit was created in God's likeness. Adam's spirit communicated with God. Adam and Eve received everything they needed through and from God in the spirit. Their every need was met. They, they had... Uh, knowledge and wisdom through God. And after eating of the forbidden fruit, their spirit was severed from God and they took on a sin nature. So through Christ Jesus, our reborn spirit establishes or reestablishes that direct link communication with God through the Holy Spirit. And we are given the nature of of God in our spirit. Now, we've been given all knowledge, all wisdom, understanding, power, blessing, and authority in our reborn spirit. I, I know this gets, it gets difficult maybe to understand some, but when our spirits are reborn, our mind and soul and body, for the most part, uh, remain operating carnally for a time. See, when we're born uh, in the flesh, we're born with a sin nature spirit. And, and we function based only on information processed from our five senses. So as our spirits are cut off from God, uh, even, even though our reborn spirit has been given all knowledge and wisdom and understanding, power, blessings, authority, it's in the spirit. It's not in the flesh. So we, we have to transform our flesh uh, by the renewing of our mind and soul in the Word of God. So now, in order to walk after the Spirit and not to walk carnally after the flesh, we have to be transformed. We have to renew our minds. We have to think differently. We have to change it to think as God thinks and, and as Jesus thinks. So Romans uh, chapter 12 and verse 2, King James, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we do this by the hearing and reading and studying of the word of God. That's what transforms us. That's what renews our mind. So if you would, uh, just use your imagination with me for a minute, uh, especially if you're listening via podcast. Now, if you're watching uh, or reading this, uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, we'll have some graphics here to help a little bit. But picture your heart being in the core of your body, like we spoke of uh, earlier, your inner being. And this is where your soul and your spirit reside. This is where they're located. 
and this area includes your your chest and maybe upper stomach area and so on one side of your upper body here i want you to picture uh that your heart or your inner being right is all inside and then on one side of your uh is your spirit and uh and then on the other side is your soul and they're they're touching very tightly maybe even overlapped in the middle just you know if that helps you to visualize because they are so interconnected they're so close but they're separate but maybe show them overlapping just a bit in your imagination now i want you to picture your soul and your soul is going to have a cable or maybe a Wi-Fi link, however that works for you there, that you can picture a connection between your soul and uh, up to your brain and your mind. And then then on the other side um, uh, of your, your inner being is your heart. And I want you to picture from your heart another line or cable or Wi-Fi type signal that's going from your heart out of your body and it's going up and it's being connected into the heart of another body uh, which is which is out here above beside your body now this other body is going to represent the body of christ jesus and the word says he who is joined to the lord becomes one spirit with him and the word of god says that we are the body of and have the mind of christ jesus now this is referring to our spirit because what is spirit is spirit and what is flesh is flesh so our spirit is one spirit with jesus and through that link our spirit's been given the mind of christ now that link over here is the holy spirit the holy spirit seals us and is with us as our comforter here on earth and our teacher and our helper. Now, you can also picture in our inner being heart um, the Holy Spirit, which is one with our spirit, sealing us to the day of redemption as our guarantee of eternal salvation. That's God's guarantee to us. As spoke, we read that scripture earlier. So in our spirit, the Holy Spirit, as I said, is that connection, is that cable or Wi-Fi link or whatever pictures with you. That is the Holy Spirit. That's our link constantly to Jesus and the Father. Now, our soul, remember the other way, is the link between our spirit and our mind and our body. And our, our soul becomes transformed by the renewing of our mind through the Word of God. And then our soul and our spirit see can start to come into agreement because our spirit is reborn of the seed of god our spirit has the seed of god our spirit has all righteousness and is born uh, reborn in in righteousness and has the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding but we have to get it now into our minds and our brains and and our soul so as we transform our mind then we're able to the the spirit and the uh the soul are able to mesh together and then we learn to trust and walk in faith after the spirit and not after our flesh so in other words we trust and believe the word of god more than we trust and believe our five physical senses and, and that's 
that's a process. We've grown up. We have lived our lives based on our carnal senses, on our, our everything that we've learned from a child up is based on our five senses, not necessarily on the Word of God. Now, I know some have been taught at a young age, and they've known Christ from a young age, but but uh, many, many people are, are dealing with, they've grown their whole lives up, and their life has been spent learning carnally and not of spirit, not of Christ or God. So once we learn to walk in faith after the spirit and not after the flesh, then we're able to stand firm in faith on what the Word of God says and not what our five senses are telling us. And so when the Word of God says that by his stripes we were healed, but the doctor says uh, we're sick or we have some life-threatening virus, see, we can stand in faith on the Word of God because that's truth. That's all truth. And so even though our senses are telling us you look in the mirror i look sick i feel sick see the word of god says by his stripes we've been healed so when the world the news media and and other people tell us uh, that we should be living in fear over a pandemic or over a financial collapse or possibly that our climate is rapidly changing and it's going to kill us all and we see reports of many people getting sick and possibly dying, or maybe our bank account is looking empty and the bills are coming due, or maybe it's cold outside when it's normally warm, we can choose to live in fear and depression based on what our five senses are telling us, or we can choose to stand in faith and believe the Word of God. This is the difference, folks, between faith, between living in the Spirit and walking after the Spirit and living after the flesh. And, and I know people, a lot, a lot of people have a hard time with this, and they're just like, well, that's just, that can't be. But it is. You, got, you make the choice to either believe the Word of God is truth or not. And we can explain it away, or we can live in faith in the Word. We've not been given the spirit of fear. We've been given that of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, and when we're able to put our faith fully in God's word and not doubt, we can stand firm in the spirit and receive our healing or financial deliverance, or we can laugh in the face of fear or depression, regardless of what our five senses are telling us. You see, I, I realize that this is a lot to digest and to come to grips with, especially if this is new to you. Or maybe you've been taught a totally different theology. You, your your church or theology just is, I don't know, that's, that's crazy talk. Well, read the, word, read the word with me. Listen for the Spirit to speak with you because I'm confident that, that we're going to come in agreement with this. Uh, now, there's a, lot, there's a lot more to be said about this, but let's for now move on. I know it's, it's somewhat deep for some, and to some, maybe just totally unbelievable. Um, like I said, you, you may be like, that's fantasy or you're crazy talk. But I'm telling you, this is truth, and, and this is what the Word of God tells us. And in order to walk in the full authority that we've been given, we must first learn to walk in faith after the Spirit, not after our flesh. And that's a choice we make. We choose to believe the Spirit and the Word of God, or we choose to believe 
what our five senses are telling us is a choice that we have to make. The Word of God says that our spirit has been sealed by God and we have been given the Holy Spirit in our heart as a guarantee of our eternal redemption. We have been joined in the Spirit as one with Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, English Standard Version says, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, this is the Amplified Bible, It says, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result, believed in him, were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ, as owned and protected by God. The Spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchased possession, his believers, to the praise of his glory. That's powerful, folks. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, King James Version. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. Our reborn spirit is perfect. It's been made the righteousness of God. God has sealed us and given us his Holy Spirit as a, as, as a guarantee, his guarantee, God's guarantee of our inheritance until we are fully redeemed in the body and soul. Right now, our spirit has been fully redeemed and sealed by God. So consider this. If our spirit has been sealed by God and our spirit is joined as one in Christ Jesus, as we've just read, then our spirit is not capable of sin. Our reborn spirit does not sin. Now, I can hear the screeching through the airwaves right now as some are saying, what? That's heresy. That's crazy talk. Somebody pick Ann Ethel up off the floor. Listen, I, I didn't say that we in our flesh were incapable of sin or that we in our flesh do not sin. I'm not saying the Word of God says that our reborn spirit is not capable of sin. You see, I realize to many this is something brand new and radical. You've never heard any such teaching like this. I'm just reading the Word. 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 through 9 of the King James Version. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever, understand, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. That's a boom. We are born of God in the spirit as we can only worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. When we are born again, it's our spirit that is reborn and our reborn spirit cannot sin because it is born of God. It's born of the seed of God. Not my words, folks. Not Tim Hardison, word of God. It's clearly written in the word of God. Clearly, that is what the Word of God says. 
yet not what religion often teaches. So, look, our spirit cannot sin because it's born of God and it's sealed by God until we have been fully redeemed and it's rejoined with our transformed bodies in heaven. We've read it. It's in the word. But in the flesh, we can sin. Our soul, mind, and body can sin. Now, how does that work? See, if our spirit can't sin, but we in our flesh, our soul, and body can sin, do we lose our salvation uh, when we sin in the flesh and do not repent before we die? Well, according to the Word of God, we read it, just read it, we are sealed and we do not lose our promised inheritance of salvation. Our spirit is sealed by God. He has given us his Holy Spirit in our heart as a pledge to our inheritance uh, to come of our eternal salvation. Now, Jesus paid the price of redemption for us and for all sin. That's word of God. So, so you're saying that we can never lose our salvation. And no, I didn't say that. The word of God says that you can lose your salvation, but not in the way that some denominations teach, not, not the way some theologies are teaching. Okay, uh, so let's say, uh, so you're saying that we can just live in sin and there's no penalty. Nope, I didn't say that either. And, and I realize this can be highly confusing for some and, and probably um, some think that my statements are just, or you're, well, you're contradicting yourself, but I'm not if you'll stop and listen and think through and, and read the word with me. In order to grasp this, you have to accept and understand that what is spirit is spirit and what is flesh is flesh again that's that's the word of god so some of you may be in the process of turning this thing off click this off pit your phone button get this get this heresy off my phone because this is not what your denominational theology teaches or believes remember i asked the question of you at the very beginning are you first grounded in the word of god or in your denominational theology you're free to believe uh, as you will, but at least just read the word with me a little longer. Invite the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. Bring this before God. Bring it before the Holy Spirit. You know, if if you truly read the Word of God and invite the Holy Spirit to give you knowledge, wisdom, and understanding on these issues, and and the Word says that if you ask for wisdom, He will grant it. God will grant it. So as long as you're not double-minded on it or unstable in your thinking there. That's another scripture. But I'm confident if you do this, uh, we're going to end up on the same page. Let's continue here. Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. This is going to be English Standard Version. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and have then fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Now, there are some that teach that once you're born again, if you sin and you do not confess your sin and, and repent before you die, you'll lose your salvation and go to hell. There are different versions of this teaching, but the primary end is you lose your salvation and you go to hell. Hebrews 6, verses 4 through 8 says that it's impossible to restore a mature, born-again Christian who's fallen away. 
So if you're born again in the spirit and you become a mature Christian and you sin in the flesh and this causes you to lose your salvation, this would also mean that you would have to become unborn again in the spirit. The word of God does not support the teaching that you could be born again over and over. According to Hebrews chapter six, verses four through eight, it just simply can't happen. However, this scripture does clearly say that if you have been enlightened and tasted the heavenly gift, uh, as in you've been born again and you've received the Holy Spirit and you have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, meaning you are a mature Christian and then you choose to turn away from God, to renounce God, the scripture says it's impossible for you to be restored. It's, it's a choice you have to make as a mature Christian to renounce God and to choose to turn to sin to follow Satan as a mature Christian. But according to the strip, uh, scripture, um, you must first be a mature Christian in order to make this decision. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31, the English Standard. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. <clears throat> this scripture is often taught to say that if you willfully commit sin after being born again, you're going to hell. That's why you have to confess and repent your sins continually to keep from going to hell. Well, if we go back all the way back into Hebrews chapter 9, the author of Hebrews, whom I believe to be the Apostle Paul, uh, can't nobody confirm or really deny that, but um, Hebrews has been emphasizing uh, how Jesus died once, offering himself up once for all sin, for all time. Now, this is also taught throughout the book of Romans and, and other books as well. The word of God says that the only sins that will not be forgiven is the actual rejection of Jesus Christ and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and those uh, receiving the mark of the beast, it speaks of in Revelation. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 31, is telling us that if we reject Jesus, there's no other sacrifice for sins. The old covenant sacrifices are no longer recognized. See, Jesus is the only way. To reject Jesus will lead to eternal damnation, but to accept Jesus leads to eternal life and redemption for our sins. The scripture says, for if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth. In other words, the knowledge of Jesus Christ being the only way to salvation. 
It doesn't say for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth and accepted Jesus as our Savior, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. It doesn't say it that way. The scripture's speaking of willfully continuing in sin by not accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior after you have received the knowledge of truth, after you've been, been brought the word. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15, the King James Version. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth through the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now, when you get a chance, read the entire uh, chapter 9 of Hebrews. It says five times that Jesus entered once, once for all sin. Verse 15 says, uh, we received the promise of eternal inheritance. And in, in verse 12, it says he obtained eternal redemption for us. As Christians, all of our sins have been forgiven, past, present, future. When it comes to our salvation, there's so much left to talk about here. There's so much more, and I hate to stop here, but that's all for this episode. Listen, please join me in episode 42. We're going to continue. We're going to pick right up here and continue to discuss this topic of religion or word of God. There's, there's just much left to discuss, and uh, I don't want you to just turn me off because it's not what your theology's talked. I want you to just come back with me, and let's, let's stay, stay on this and at least hear me through it. And we're going to pick up right here where we left off. Thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.